Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thank you. We've got a lot to be thankful for, don't we? We sure do. We have. Uh, my wife sent out a little note the other day to our children. What, what, are we, what are we thankful for? And our children just gave a whole ream of things. And I said, I, I have a God, I have a wife, I have a family, I have a church, I have work to do. What more could I ask for? <laughs> so those are some of the things I'm thankful for. Why don't we start by singing together number 33, I will ever sing thy praises. Number 33. Caused me to choose it. Thousand, thousand thanks to thee. <clears throat> this morning, for a call to worship, I thought I would read a psalm we probably almost have memorized Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. 
Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. Wow, good words for us this morning. Would you bow and pray with me? Father in heaven, we are thankful on this Thanksgiving Sunday. We are thankful for so many things. For you, for your spirit, for your word, that you have given us eyes to see and minds to understand uh, your salvation and your command to believe, that you have saved us from our sins and brought us into your kingdom. For that we are thankful. And then for all the relationships along the way, spouses, children, parents, uh, our church, our community, there are so many good relationships that we have. And Father, we thank you for each one. And we know that in these times, those relationships, some of them are being tested. And we pray that you would help us to uh, be mature enough to weather the storm and pursue relationship. Thank you, Father, again, for bringing us together. We know that every good gift comes from you. Hallowed be your name. Amen. Well, let's keep... Uh, worshiping together by singing. Uh, take your hymn books and let's turn to number 530. Praise him, praise him.
519. 519. I used to think that this uh, song was not very deep in its theology, but I, I think I've changed my mind a little bit. Pay attention to the words. See what they say. sing those words. Let's turn to our announcements for just a moment here. Our uh, missionaries of the week are Preston and Myra, uh, working with, uh, oh no, I can't remember, power to change. Also, we're looking uh, just a few other things connected to the work that we do, um, we're still looking for Sunday school teachers. I think a few are being uh, approached right now, so please continue to pray about that. And uh, we also uh, 
have a, have a, if you look on the back side of your yellow sheet, or not the back side, but the inside of the yellow sheet, Samaritan's Purse. If you're not sure how to read that page, the suggestion here is you can build shoeboxes to ship out for, uh, under, under Samaritan's Purse to be delivered to children around the world. And if on these days, as you see there, Sunday, October uh, 17, bring toothbrushes or combs or both on the next Sunday, soap and washcloth and so on. And as we do this week after week, we will have the supplies, we'll build a bunch of boxes and, uh, and ship them off to Calgary where they get processed. So that's what that's about. And if, if you're going to participate, you may also do it with money and, and drop uh, uh, money off at the church office during the week. And these donations that you bring, you can just put them in the, uh, in the wooden chest that's in the foyer there, and they'll be collected from there for making shoeboxes. Also, uh, Central Station is looking for workers. Habitat for Humanity in Morden is looking for prayer support. So there's lots of work that we can engage in. Uh, some events that are coming up. We've got our congregational prayer meeting uh, this coming uh, Thursday, 7 p.m. Please plan to be there. We also have uh, Kevin and Julia Garrett coming. They're going to be speaking to us on Friday, October 22nd at 7.30 p.m. That'll be right here. Uh, also, we've got coming up is our... Uh, Mission Supper, which you have on a sheet, October 19. Don't make supper that day. Come on down and pick up some roast beef and and leave a donation and uh, support the the efforts of, of our missions committee. Am I missing anything? Oh, yes. We, we have uh, persons in need here. Betty Reimer, keep praying for her. She's uh, still in the hospital at Boundary Trails. And let's remember uh, some families that are grieving. Helen Entz Clausen passed away Saturday, September 25th. A graveside service has been held. She was a sister-in-law to Martha and Abe Dirksen. And Jake Epp passed away Monday, September 27th. A private family service was held on Saturday, October 9th. He was a brother to Mary Hildebrandt and a brother-in-law to Mary Epp. I'll ask the uh, ushers to come forward at this time, and could we stand to pray? Father in heaven, again we come with thankful hearts. I thank you, Father, for the sharing that has happened here this morning. I thank you for each person who shared, and I thank you for uh, the encouragement it was to the rest of us. Things that are just plain good and also the goodness of you being with us in hard times. And Father, we have all had hard times and we all take our turn with grief, with difficult relationship, with um, maybe bad work situations. But Father, you're there with us in those hard times and, I, uh, and we give you praise for that and thank you and ask that you would continue that in our lives. Father, this morning we want to bring before you some of the work of the church. We pray for Preston and uh, Myra. Father, give them joy and wisdom for their work. You know the work that uh, much of it is done online, and we pray uh, that given the difficulties of, of doing online meetings, uh, we pray that you would continue to work through it. And uh, as we have heard in the past, it has actually 
been done to great success. And so we thank you for that and pray that it will continue. We pray for Preston and Myra also that you would protect their marriage and their faith and their family life. That they may, uh, that they may be well, that they may do well, and that they may uh, rejoice in you for all the goodness that you, that you do in their lives. Father, we also pray for uh, ministries of Habitat for Humanity, Central Station, Samaritan's Purse. We pray that through these ministries, Father, lives would be changed and hearts would be touched. We pray, Father, that you would continue to move people to uh, step forward for Sunday school. You know who they are. Help them to know who they are. Thank you, Father, also for uh, the events that are coming up. We pray that you would have your hand in the planning and that you would also bless those events. Uh, Kevin and Julia Garrett as they come. Our mission supper that we, where we raise money to help those in need and help to further the gospel. And then also, Father, we pray for our congregational meeting that uh, you'll help us to remember and then that you'll help us to uh, engage. Father, we also thank you for the people of our church. There are some who are grieving today, and we ask for your comfort for them, that they may have the peace of Christ. We pray also for Betty Reimer, Father, that you'd continue to walk with her on her journey. You know her need. You know... I guess that's it. You know her need. So, Father, I pray that you would meet her where she's at, either with a healing hand or the hand that's, that welcomes her home. And we uh, pray that you would bless her in this. Thank you, Father, for what you have given to us. We are truly blessed in so many ways, and we want to give back that with, uh, of which you have given to us so generously. And so we ask that you'd receive our offerings and uh, use them for your purposes. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Scripture reading this morning is from is found in First Thessalonians one verses one to ten in the King James Version Bible. Verse one Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. And in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is bred abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves shew of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Thus far the reading of God's word. Good morning, and happy Thanksgiving as we celebrate praising the Lord and thanking him for all our blessings. Ray Hawkins says, when someone continually talks about how happy they are, I tend to doubt them. But when they talk about how grateful they are, I know they have found happiness. Happiness is dependent on thankfulness. Show me a person who is unhappy, and I will show you a person who is unthankful. Grateful people are happy people, and unless one is grateful, it is impossible to be truly happy. Close quote. Today is Thanksgiving Sunday, a day we remember all the blessings, great and small, that the Lord has given us this past year, as well as in the past, our life, in our past lives. The only problem is that all too often we have short memories, and we can hardly remember the blessings that God has given us way in the past. And sometimes we need to remember those blessings also. So many times we can hardly remember the blessings, as I said, from yesterday's, let alone the past. Some time ago, Randy Elkhorn released a book entitled Happiness. It's 450 pages long. It's an incredible book. Once you start reading it, you can hardly put it down. He says this. I heard a story of someone who asked a man why he was so happy. The man picked up a binder filled with hundreds of handwritten pages and explained, Every time someone does something kind for me, I write it in this book. And every time I feel very good about something, I write it in this book. The questioner said, I wish I could be as happy as you are. If you kept a book like this, you would be. But the book is so big, I haven't had many kind things done for me, and I haven't felt very good very often. I might have thought the same way. 
If I hadn't recorded them all, I've learned to see and remember and be grateful for kindness and happiness as they come. Try it. Every time you doubt, read your entries and you'll see all of the blessings that God has given you and you will be grateful. Close quote. The Bible has so much to say about thanks, thankfulness unto God, as well as to others. So take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Thessalonians, to that portion of scripture that was just read. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. And in this letter to the Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul wrote alongside Silas and Timothy to the Thessalonians. And he wrote five reasons they are to be thankful for their faith. This is what we are called to focus on. Being thankful, being thankful for our faith. Five reasons to be thankful when lives are transformed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your many blessings. You have just showered us with so much, even as we look at the rain that has come, that we have needed, and you have sent that. It is from your hand. And yet more profound, better yet is sending your son Jesus Christ for our salvation and because of this the inheritance that is laid up for all those who trust you and Savior and Lord. I pray Father we would get a new understanding of your word and how we can be thankful for lives that are transformed because it is from your hand. It is the greatest miracle. The things that you do spiritually and so we pray lord make our hearts sensitive once more so we can gain these truths go home and apply them to our lives for this we pray amen five reasons to be thankful when lives are transformed number one that they are grounded in salvation verses two to three they are grounded in their in grounded in salvation we always thank god for all of you mentioning you in our prayers nothing can give us more happiness joy and thankfulness than when people come to faith in christ and grow in their relationship with god in Paul's letter, he penned to the various churches. He expresses thank, uh, thankfulness, except to the church in Galatia. If you will notice, if you read that, he doesn't say anything about thankfulness there. His heart overflows with gratitude for the Thessalonian believers. Thessalonian believers. This is because when a person meets Jesus and walks with him, they have everything. They have Jesus to walk with them each and every day. They have um, eternal life. Everything in this world is temporal. Everything in this world is passing away. Eternal life is forever. Can you think of anything better than that? Can you think of anything better? People get excited down here if they would win the lottery and win 10, 15, 20 million dollars. And yet that is nothing. That is nothing compared to eternal life that he has granted to us, all those who will believe. 
And we will not have full realization until the day we open our eyes on the other side. Look at verse 3 with me. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. We have the three words there, faith, love, and hope. In verse 3, Paul lists three qualities or traits that stand out in these believers. First, their work produced by faith. They were not working from the flesh or in their strength. Instead, faith prompted them to do the work for the Lord. How important it is for us to have faith that it is it will prompt us to do the work. We don't do it because we have to. We do it because of the faith and because we want to do it. Second, their labor was prompted by Christ's love. Let me ask you a question. When people serve or help you, are you more thankful that they are doing it out of love rather than a duty or for money? Third, they have endurance inspired by hope in Christ. Once again, that hope, that hope is not wishful thinking. It's inspired by hope in Christ to keep on going when the load becomes overwhelming. Once again, they trusted Christ in their difficulties. People often say, well, God gives you nothing more than you can carry. He always gives us more than we can carry because that's where faith comes in. That's where hope comes in. That's where we stand upon the promises of the the Lord. God gives us always more than we can handle. And we can't do it without Christ. All three of these traits point to the Thessalonian salvation and them being grounded in their faith. They walked with Christ. They knew Christ personally. Although they had not met him in real life like the Apostle Paul did, but they had met him on the spiritual realm and their lives were changed. They gained salvation. This is the first reason why Paul is thankful for these believers. The second reason why Paul is thankful when lives are transformed, number two, that God has chosen them. He has chosen them. Verse four, for we know brothers, for we know brothers loved by God that you, that he has chosen you. It is not by chance or accident that the Thessalonians heard the gospel and responded to the invitation. It is because they were God's elect. Paul was a Jew and a Pharisee. Paul came a long way from his roots and background, believing that only the Jewish people were God's people. Here we find out that God loved the Gentiles as well. They too were chosen, chosen before time. The question is, how do we know that God chose us? Charles Spurgeon says it beautifully when he states, he says, many people want to know their election before they look to Christ. 
but they cannot learn it thus. It is only to be discovered by looking unto Jesus. Look to Jesus, believe on him, and you shall make proof of your election directly, for as surely as you believe, you are elect. If you give yourself wholly up to Christ and trust him, then you are one of God's chosen ones. Go to Jesus just as you are. Go straight to Christ. Hide in his wounds and you shall know your election. Yes, we can know our election down here by fully giving ourselves to Christ and having him come in our lives and live within us. We can know, we can know. The third reason why Paul is thankful when lives are transformed, number three, that the gospel came in the power of the Holy Spirit, verse five. The gospel came in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because our gospel came to you not, pardon me, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. When Paul preached the gospel, he did not come as a salesman preaching his own opinions and philosophies. Instead, the gospel came in the power of the Holy Spirit. The proof that the message was divinely orchestrated was that it came with deep conviction and brought repentance and lasting change. Paul says the same thing to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Listen as he says to the church there, When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. I want to repeat that last part so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom but on God's power. I want to tell you, man is fallible. Each one of us, we fail. We cannot carry ourselves. We have to look to Jesus Christ and that's why our faith must rest on God's power and not man's wisdom. We learn an essential truth here, and that is when we share the gospel, we present the message message in its simplicity with the power of the Holy Spirit. He will convict and bring the person to repentance, so we need to be ready to share the gospel. That's our part. We can't debate with people. We can't beat them into the kingdom. We can't keep on going after them and over and over again. We simply present the gospel in its simplicity and the Holy Spirit does his part. 
The fourth reason why Paul is thankful when lives are transformed, number four, that they become imitators of them and a model to others, verses six through eight. Let me read those verses for you once again. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. Notice that these new believers first imitated the ones who presented the gospel to them and then the Lord. Although spiritual parents make a good example, the most important person's life to follow is the Son of God. Yes, Jesus Christ. He is our example. Jesus is perfect in every way. And that is where our eyes need to be focused Our eyes need to be focused on Christ and Christ alone. However, in the same way, Paul and his teams became the model to the Thessalonians. Now the Thessalonians were becoming models to believers in Macedonia and Achaia. Macedonia was a province where Thessalonian church was located, while Achaia was about a hundred kilometers south of Thessalonica. Since we have become believers, the question for you and me is, how much of an example have we been to younger believers? Do others want to imitate you? Do they want to imitate me? As a body, do we leave a mark behind us so that others will imitate us? And of course, as I said before, the real one that we have to look to, and all of us do, is Jesus Christ, because he is the perfect model. Finally, the fifth and the last reason why Paul is thankful when lives are transformed, number five, that they turn from idols to God and focus their attention on Jesus' return. That they turn from idols to God and focus their attention on Jesus' return. Jesus is going to be returning one day. Whether it's in our lifetime or we'll go to meet the Lord before when, he, when we will um, uh, depart this world, Jesus's, our focus need to, needs to be on Christ's return. Verse 9 says, For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell us how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who rescued us from the coming wrath. These individuals served idols, the idols made of stone and wood or anything else that they found. These idols could not speak. These idols could not hear and they could not see. 
and they changed. Their lives were transformed. They were different. The Thessalonians became an evangelistic church as they proclaimed the gospel in, in the province of Macedonia. Now the Macedonians were telling Paul and his teams how the Thessalonians spoke of their conversion to Christ. They turned from their idols to the true and living God. Their focus was on Christ and his return. And remember, I want you to think about this. The gospel was spreading back then already. When people heard it, they passed it on to the next generation and to the next people over. And so we have to do the same. The only way that the next generation and other people in our generation will hear the gospel is only if we proclaim. And we are God's mouthpiece. That is where our focus needs to be. If we focus on Christ's return, we need to tell others how they can have a relationship with Jesus. We are the ones, we are the best advertising that God has. And we need to share our faith with others. As said previously, Paul's letters overflowed with thanksgiving for the believers he was writing to. He was so thankful for them. So writing things down does help us remember our blessings and allow the recipients also to be thankful. Thankfulness, joy, happiness do not enter our lives if we do not do anything about it. I want to repeat that. Thankfulness, joy, and happiness do not enter our lives if we do not do anything about it. Randy Alcorn says this, anyone who waits for happiness will never be happy. If you're waiting just to be happy, it's not going to happen. Happiness escapes us until we understand why we should be happy change our perspective, and develop habits of happiness. Randy goes on to say in his book, listen, important words, what he says. In all the books that I read that have been written by godly men and women who have overcome obstacles, there are two things and even three things that they did. And these are the three things. Number one, They have a vibrant relationship with God through reading the word and prayer. They have a vibrant relationship with God through reading the word and prayer. Those people who are happy, they're in communing with God. They're in fellowship with God. They depend upon him for everything. Number two, they believe that God is all sovereign and that there are no accidents in his economy. God is interested in every detail of their lives. Do you believe that, that God is interested in every detail of your life? If he sees every sparrow that falls, if our hair on our head are numbered, you got to believe that he is interested in every detail of your life. Number three, many kept track of their blessings and encouragements 
by writing them down. They literally counted their blessings on paper. This helped them to be thankful and it will help you too if you do it. Close quote. How important it is that we track our blessings because if we go over this past year and we decide to write down the things that how we are blessed, we might come up with four, five, maybe ten things. But God has blessed us with more than just ten things that happened this, te- this past year. Many times there's ten blessings every day that come along or more, but we just don't see them. We don't see them because we take them for granted. John Maxwell tells a story of how he keeps himself encouraged when he feels down. He says that he keeps a file of every encouragement note that everyone has ever given him. Then when he is discouraged, John goes to his file and reads the kind of things that the people have written to him. Immediately his spirit is lifted and encouraged because he knows the Lord is using him to touch other people's lives. Now if it's important to write down the things what people say to us, how much more important is it to write down the blessings of the Lord and the things the Lord speaks to us each and every day when we are praying and when we are reading the word. In your bulletins, you will see four encouragement cards. So if you would just take them out, if you turn with me, and they are on purple, four of them. And um, today, this week, and the weeks to follow, begin sending words of encouragement to others. Don't wait until you get one before you send them, but start sending them to others. And not only that, when you send them to others, you will be blessed yourself because you're encouraging other people. When you receive, receive a note of encouragement, Put them in the file and reread it when you are discouraged. If you and I want to be happy, we first must be thankful. If you and I want to be happy, we first must be thankful. Billy Graham was right when he said, grumbling and gratitude are for the the child of God in conflict. Be grateful and you won't grumble. Grumble and you won't be grateful. Let me repeat that last part. Be grateful and you won't grumble. Grumble and you won't be grateful. Our heart is like a cup. And if there's grumblings in it, there is no more grateful or thankfulness. If there's gratitude and thankfulness, the grumblings disappear. How important it is that we keep our heart full with gratefulness. Grumblings is like a closed fist. It can never receive and it cannot give. All what it can do is shake against God and shake against others. Gratefulness is an open hand with the palm up. It can receive and it can take. And when our hearts 
are full of gratefulness and gratitude, then we are giving and then we are receiving. And God turns that into joy and happiness in our lives. How can we be grateful? It's very simple, but it'll take a bit of effort. In your bulletins, there are two lists found on the gold one that you will find. And on one side, it has the blessings this past year. And if you take a look at those blessings this past year, there are actually 27 lines on each of these sides, 54. You know, if we went and tried to rewrite down 54 blessings that we had this past year, it'd be a little bit tough. But let me tell you, if you started doing it every day, like on this side, and wrote them my daily or weekly blessings, you would fill this page many times over because you would begin and I would begin to count the blessings and see what God is doing. Begin to write down every blessing daily. They won't come to you all at once, but write it down every time you think of a way that the Lord has blessed you. List them all, small and significant, and then review them often. You will quickly find out you have more to be thankful for than you could ever imagine. I encourage you to do this and to start today. Think of the blessings, the small and the great, and the things that you and I simply just take for granted and write them down. Take your bulletins with me one more time. And there's a song written down there. And it's called Count Your Blessings. It's written by Johnson Oatman, a ordained Methodist minister, wrote the words to the song Count Your Blessings, as well as 2,000 other songs that he wrote in his lifetime. And he lived from 1856 to 1922. And I want to read before, in just a while, Pastor Victor is going to come lead us in the song, but I want you to follow along as I read the words for you and listen closely. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God hath done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God hath done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly, and you will be singing as the days go by. When you look at others with their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings money cannot buy. Your reward in heaven 
nor your home on high. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged. God is over all. He's sovereign. He's in control of everything. Count your many blessings. Angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God hath done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God hath done. This year, begin writing your blessings as often as they come and fill up the paper so that when you go over them, you'll say, yes, Lord, you have been good to me and good to us. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Today is Thanksgiving, and let us bless the Lord for his mercies and for his grace, and let us thank him for all that he has given us. Well, let's take our bulletins, turn to the back, and sing that song. Count your blessings.
stand with me as we close in the benediction found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 16 through 17 the apostle Paul says to this church may our Lord Jesus Christ and God our Father who loved us by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessings that you shower upon us daily. Thank you that you have your eye upon us and that we mean so much to you, so much that you gave us your son and he came and gave himself sacrificially so that we could have a relationship with you. I pray, Father, that this year as we leave this building, you'd help us to count our blessings each and every day. Help us to be mindful and to have a thankful heart and to realize it, that it comes all from your hand. Now I pray, Father, as we leave this building, as we fellowship with friends and our families, and we sit around the table, help us to count our blessings and to share with one another how great you are and the blessings you've given us. For this we pray in Christ's name, amen. Amen. And may you go in the strength of his grace and mercy.